0: Welcome to StarCast, a show about tarot, divination, and all things mystical. StarCast is a celebration of StarCon, the Southeastern Tarot Artist and Readers Conference. I'm Amy Mauser, and here's your host, Christiana Godet.
1: Welcome everyone to a new episode of StarCast. I'm so happy you're here and we are in the countdown. For StarCon. StarCon will be January 21st through 23rd, 2022, in person in Palm Beach Gardens and online on Excel events. Get your tickets now. And after this episode, you are going to be especially excited to get your tickets because you'll get to meet Bernadette King. Hello, Bernadette. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I am so happy to be speaking with you. Uh, Bernadette, I think most people do know who you are, but for those who don't, let me give you a proper introduction. You are an evidential psychic medium. You are a tarot reader. And maybe most importantly, for our purposes here, you are a Tarot and Oracle Deck Creator. Mm-hmm. And I want to just jump right into this because you've got this very specific wheelhouse.
0: I do.
1: Uh your deck is called the Arc Tarot and Oracle deck. And I think if, if you don't mind, now this is an award-winning deck, and and you're holding up the box right now so people, I am. Can it. it looks beautiful. Uh, this deck has won a couple of different awards and i'm just gonna turn it over to you now and say tell us about your deck oh, uh, well
0: first of all thank you it is um it is just such an honor to be included with starcon you know you're i've got to believe you know this you're kind of a legend among terror readers you know you're like, the tarot readers, tarot readers. So it's, it really is an honor. Um, and you're everywhere. You're like the elite of the tarot community, you know? So thank you very much. Uh, cause I'm just one little old lady, you know, sitting over here in Florida with the cat that just got off my desk. My dog is by me, you know, I'll be, I don't know what other critter I'll be with this weekend horses, donkeys. I don't even know, but, um, yeah, I just, for many, many years, I, well, let me just say this first. When people ask me what I do, I tell them that my job is to support any organization that fights against cruelty to animals. And the tools that I use for that are Evidential Mediumship, Tarot, um, my online endeavors, classes, that nature of thing, because that gives me the funds to be able to support that. So I've always been, I mean, I grew up a country girl here in Florida um, and when I went into the woo woo for many, many years, it was straight up evidential psychic mediumship. And then one day I woke up and a bunch of animal spirits filled my house because I had always worked with that, you know, in my readings and that was it. The The deck was born. They showed me the deck that I was supposed to create and, um, what, what would happen because of it. And the, and then a series of books and another series of decks, they were like, don't get comfortable. This is not just the first one, but I went into it a little trepidatiously because it's an enormous project. Um, The arc has, you know, it has a hundred cards in it. And then there's an expanded version of the deck. You can get the deluxe set that has 149 cards in it, you know, because, you know, there's some really beautiful animal Oracle and animal tarot decks out there, but they're limited to 79 animals or 35 animals in an Oracle deck or 44 and there are millions of animals in the world. Right. So, um, you know, they told me what animals they wanted to be. and, And in the deck, there are 78 cards that represent the traditional Rider Waite Smith tarot. And, um, well, I'll show you some of the cards. And then there are Oracle cards that just, you know, they have just animals on them that will show you, you know, like we have the mythological and, um, fantasy creatures, you know, in here. So there's Tyrannosaurus rex. Um, there are animals like quail and puffin and mongoose, you know, animals you just don't normally see in other decks, but are incredibly powerful in their symbolism. So really, and then there's a centaur, you know, um, because different animals and different ways and means attached to different elements and different numbers and different colors. It all speaks to people differently, you know, like you, you and I are just having a conversation about birds. I'm like, do you have a thing for birds? I'm like, I see a hummingbird all around you. And, in, and then there was this whole lead in about your thing for hummingbirds. And then in my deck, the, the hummingbird is the four of wands, which for you means, you know, marriage and, and partnerships, and you're getting ready to officiate. Oh, is it okay if I say that? Yes, if can. I, yes
1: you can say that
0: you're getting ready to officiate your daughter's wedding on Wednesday and I'm like, oh Well, no wonder hummingbird and the four of wands is all around her, you know? So that's kind of how it all works. Um, you know, we've got zebras, we've got, you want an animal? I got it. You got, you know, eels, you got all kinds of animals. So see, it's no wonder that hummingbird just, who showed up in my awareness for you. You're getting ready to do this wedding wedding. You love hummingbirds come to find out if, if it's okay. If I say you love lots of animals or lots of birds that have notably really long, um, you know, beaks, there's gotta be a reason for that. So I just, you know, the art came out, it took me two and a half years to create it. I did work with an artist. Um, who I, I didn't know I could be such an art director, but
1: mm-hmm. I can
0: apparently because basically it, it was you know, I looked at probably over 50,000 images of real animals because other than like obviously the pterodactyl or not the pterodactyl, but the, the dinosaurs and the centaur and they you know the unicorn and that kind of thing, those are artist renderings of those animals. But every all the other animals like that is a real picture of a real eel. Mm. and um this is a real picture of a real otter
1: Mm. and pardon I'd like to describe this artwork for those who can't see it because they're listening to the podcast and thank Ah, you for listening it is a very realistic image this is not like an otter wearing a crown and carrying a scepter (laughs) these are I have nothing to say
0: about that
1: and it's they're very um, here. I'm I'm looking at a pangolin, um, very colorful blues and yellows. Not the animal itself; the animal is colored like it's supposed to be, but the background blue, yellow, very sort of uh, an evocative coloring. And here we're looking at a cardinal, which is of course red, and it's on a little stick there, as a cardinal might be. What I love about this is the animal really looks like the animal. I have a hard time with animals dressed in clothing. Um <laughs> the animal really They looks have like- no
0: comments. I have no
1: comments. <laughs> the animal looks like the animal. And but the colors of the background are going to be very good for the brow chakra being evocative. Here's a bee and what does it say? I I can't. The bee is um, the- the, bee is the
0: wheel of fortune. So what we did was, well, I, it's, it's a story about how each animal came to be each card, but based on the symbolism of the animal and what the animal kingdom told me when I'm looking through these photos, you know, if you think about bees and you think about the wheel of fortune and it's, it's, it's a lot about karmic events. Well, if we don't, you know, if we don't get to get it together and save the bees of this world, there's going to be a big giant karmic event, which is our, our vegetation around the world is going to collapse. Right. Okay. So, but, but when we treat them, well, what did, what are they? They're symbols of like the golden honey and the sweetness of life and the sun and all that life giving energy, but the wheel of fortune on a traditional Rider Waite Smith um, tarot card is red. So there's a big giant hibiscus in the back of it. Um, You know, people see a lot of Cardinals during winter, So we've got this cardinal on the winter background and they look real because they really are real pictures of real animals that some amazing photographers have taken. Um, and then we just lifted them, uh, you know, from the background and we put them in backgrounds that we, you know, that we were shown that would look very much like, like if you look at this bat as the hanged man, Mm -hmm. Okay, the hanged man is an upside down dude, right? With a golden halo around him. And so Bat had to be the hanged man from being able to see the world in a different way and see the upside down world like it is in Jewish mysticism. That's because that's what the hanged man um, represents there. So in any event, um, you know, a fair amount of care and, and back and forth and back and forth. And like, if you look at that, that really is So that is a real kangaroo actually plucked out of one picture and put into a true Australian outback background.
1: So is the kangaroo a tarot card or an Oracle card in this? It's
0: an Oracle card because, you know, here's the thing. So, you know, and also Turkey, right? Okay. So that is a real Turkey. That is not, it's not a painting. It's not a rendering. Now, having said that, let me say this. The, to the best of my knowledge, the only other deck that, that has real animals, um, in it is Ted Andrews deck from like the late seventies or early eighties. Yes,
1: And such a a beloved deck and such a beloved, I mean, Ted, oh my
0: God, the, he's the man and gone way too soon and just as authentic and charming and just, he's the man, which, which is the reason that his book about, you know, uh, Animal Speak is still the number one best-selling book about spirit animals. No yes. joke, Animal Totems and Spirit. No joke, it's still the number one best-selling book. So, all that said, um, the reason you know I was told to work with real animal images is because of the energy and the power and the medicine that real animals bring to the table. Do you know? It, it's it's the, it's been such a an underserved um just they've just been an underserved way of divination and getting in deeper relationship with the animal allies it's just been underserved for so long and here's why I say that you know as well as I do when you're teaching a, a tarot class or or mediumship or psychic development or anything like that there's an awareness, a sensitivity that starts to unfold in people that just makes them a better citizen of this earth. Oh my gosh. When I tell you the stories upon stories upon stories that I'm getting from students that are like, is there any reason, like I, this last class that I just did, I asked at the end because people had asked me individually and I didn't want to call anybody. I was like, just out of curiosity, not trying to plant a seed, but has anybody experienced a heightened sense of smell or spatial awareness or um, vision or spidey or just anything that's like one of the six senses or five senses that just seems to be more than usual. Every hand shot up. Well, tell me about it. Tell me about it. it. It was their animal instincts. It was back to their basic animal instincts. I know when someone's staring at me, I know when this, I could smell this, I could hear, oh my gosh, the hearing. So what I always tell folks about, because it's not really about the cards so much as it's about the animals, is really what you're doing is just tapping into your most, your own animal instincts. The part of you that is, a whale, the part of you that is a dolphin, the part of you that is a giraffe, which is scientific in a lot of ways, because when you take a look at the DNA pairings of humans, we share so much DNA with so many animals out there that when people are like, Oh, you know, like we're all connected. Yeah, that's true. Scientifically in my personal opinion, ethereally cosmically spiritually. Yes. Yes but that's just straight up science. So people, people that are working with their animal allies are just really finding ways of um, just empowerment and getting rid of fears and getting rid of blocks. Like I've never seen anything else work, but why is that? They're just getting back to who they really are before the world and all the Mishigosh out there, you know, shapes them like Mr. Potato Head. It's never meant to be, right? So, anyway, so that's my dissertation. There you have it. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I'll talk about animals all day long, so, you know.
1: Well, and I think it is so interesting because as an evidential psychic medium, you know, that in itself is is such a, a heavy gift. You could have spent your whole career just doing that. Mm-hmm. And the gift that you've given us in sort of giving us more access to finding these animal allies, that's a little bit of a different path. I mean, it's connected, but it's a little bit different. Can you talk a little bit about like those, those two things? Do you still do mediumship work? How do these two things work together? Are you just like, we're doing the animals and that's what we're doing because that's what I'm called to do. Where are you with all that?
0: So where I'm at is exactly what I teach about, which is, you know, it, it's all one and the same you can give it whatever name you want to give it. But at the end of the day, if you can give accurate messages of any kind to anybody that then helps them, okay. Some people might call it psychic. Some people might call it, you know, a a lot of people want to label working with the animal shamanism. Mm -hmm. I guess it can be shamanism, but it can also be, um, I don't know, nothing ism because the animal guides are not saved for people. You know, we were having a little bit of that conversation earlier Um, there working with the animal spirits is not sage for people who, you know, think shamanism is only when you go to Peru and study under a shaman there and hike up the, you know, the mountains and whatnot there and, you know, poof, you're a shaman like I told you, I'm a nice Jewish girl from Miami. Right. So, um, and I, I, I would hazard, I, I would say that I'm about as close to animals as most people will get on this earth. I grew up a country girl, right. And I just happen to love them. So there's really no difference. It's how, how the individual reader chooses to receive the messages I just happen to, I like receiving messages by working with the animal allies because, and I will tell you why I like that. I know you've experienced this. I know you have. Every reader I know has experienced this. You can tell somebody 50 things, 50 things about, I'll give you an example. I had a gal who was in and her husband passed. And I mean, this lady was despondent. I was really afraid this woman for her safety, for her own safety. I must've told her 20 things. There wasn't any way I could possibly know if I had not been speaking with her husband on the other side. So at the end of the reading, I said, look, I know that you don't believe anything that's been told to you. I'm not trying to prove myself to you, but he's telling me to go down a list, tell you again. So I went down a list of just five things, not ever possible. I could know, period. Period. And I don't, when people come in to read with me, I'm like, listen, I, I'm not trying to cut you off. I want to hear your story, but not until after, you know, I've read you. Okay. She was like, yeah, I just don't know. And I was like, okay, is there anything that I can tell you from him? Because this is not about me. I said, I like you a lot, but I don't know you. And I don't really care if you believe me or not. This is your opportunity that you're missing out on a beautiful bunch of moments because of where you're at. I can't help you with that. But is there anything else? She goes, yes. What was my nickname? Poof. I saw Big Bird from the Muppets or the Sesame Street, but I didn't say Big Bird. I heard, I saw Big Bird, but I heard Bird. And I said, Bird, I thought that lady was going to fall right out of her chair. She turned white as a sheet of paper. And then he showed me the family dog. And I was like, oh, and the dog's name is Block. I mean, that lady had to sit there for half an hour before she got herself to go out. It was the animals that made her believe. You can tell people anything. But if you you talk about their cow, Bessie, they had as a kid, or you talk about they've been seeing flamingos a lot lately, they're non-threatening. Animals are non-threatening and really at their core, most people do love them and care for them, which is the result of the work that I do with the animals and why I'm so evangelistic about it. I mean, I'll, I'll preach it all day long about because once people's consciousness is open to that degree, then they're like, I should do more for the animal kingdom. And they do. I get emails and messages and all that kind of thing all over that because of this experience, people were prompted to go volunteer for a weekend at an animal shelter, or they adopted this, or they sent money to this, or they joined to this. And that's, that's the only reason I do what I do, but that includes human animals also, not just animal animals, because humans are animals. Wow.
1: So I, I don't know if that answers the question, but. So much and, and so beautifully. Thank you. Uh, and, and I quickly just want to go back to saying how much I love that B is the wheel of fortune and why it is Okay. one card. You helped me really understand this entire tarot that you have created and just how amazing it is. So I I wanted to say that. Oh, thank you. But now I want to ask you a question. I think it is very, very cool that you have with two things. Okay, one is that it's a tarot and oracle deck. Very excited about that. But I also think it's cool that you've got this host of real animals and then also fantasy animals. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of DJ Conway who worked with dragons, she and Lisa Hunt who will also be presenting at StarCon. Oh, cool. I know. Talking. I'll find my dragon card. Okay. <laughs> you know exactly where I'm going. I do. Um, DJ, uh, who unfortunately is no longer on this earth plane, theorized that dragons are real. They are co-magicians with us. They work with us on the ethereal plane. When we talk about these mythical animals is that where you're going with that that they're also real animals they're not in the mountains or in the ocean where we can see them oh that is a lovely dragon card but is that where you're going that yes they're also real just in a different way so
0: I'm a believer um, well people that know me know that I am um, I am always learning science that will marry the world of woo-woo or metaphysics, which some scientists will say is not a real science, you know, or or some people call it a spirituality because the more credible it is, the more people will stand in the seat of their own power, because that's really why we teach anything having to do with intuition is so that people can experience freedom, right? Um, Freedom of the spirit, freedom of the mind. I'm a big proponent of freedom. And that's what the animals help do. But in all of that, I have come to believe based on everything that I've researched um, and the Institute of heart math is really great at helping um, move that kind of uh, thinking along. There's a, a a scientist, Dr. Dean Radin. He's got this amazing book uh, called real magic, where he talks about why magic and prayers and affirmations, what the scientific reason they work. Um, You know, you've got Dr. Masuri Emoto with the water And then the other book that Dean has is Entangled Minds. And then if you've ever worked with a remote viewing person, um, I had the good privilege of working with Joseph McMonigle from the Stargate program, uh, which sounds fantastical, but it was actually a program funded by the American government um, to, you know, work with remote viewers and develop a protocol. But bottom line is, once you think of something, a thought form is a real thing, because anything we think, feel, say, and do, it generates an electrical current. A measurable, tangible electrical current. That's science. Well, where does that go? So by the time you've got so many electrical currents focused on one thing, kind of calibrating at the same level, wouldn't it make sense that like Mercury, they would all congeal together and become a thought form, which then is a real tangible thing? We may not be able to see it right now here. That doesn't mean we can't see it here and it doesn't make it any less real. I get pinged a lot um, because, you know, people think they know what they know and they have their opinions and that's fine, but their opinions, their facts are not opinions, right? Opinions are not facts. And I get pinged all the time. Fantasy animals can't be a real spirit animal. Why? 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 And then I have a part in the book that's like, listen, if you've had a dream and you've dreamed of like a creature with the head of a lion, the body of a whatever, and the claws of a whatever, or, and it's pink with purple polka dots or whatever, that's ridiculous. Why is that ridiculous? Tell me why that's ridiculous. There's no substantive comeback for that at all. If you think of it, then it's real. And if it's only real to you, Okay, it's still real. And I know some extraordinary readers that have made up their own spirit animal in their head. And that's the animal they work with. And whether it's true or whether it's not true for the rest of us, they're some of the most accurate, consistently accurate readers I've ever seen in my life. And they've got little anime characters that they are like, oh, this is my spirit animal. So that's my story on that.
1: Well, and I think that makes a lot of sense in that, okay, so I'm from New England. I live in Florida. So those are two sets of animals yep. that I'm familiar with. I've had bears in my backyard. I have I hit a deer once. Oh, man, that was horrifying, right? Oh, yeah. Um, here in Florida, I love the lizards. I love the frogs. I love the birds, as you mentioned. Um, bobcats, I, I love them. But I've never seen a wallaby, right? right. I've never seen a platypus. Right. And so these things, I know they exist, but that in a way is as much a fantasy animal for me as a dragon might be. And so, you know, I and, and I think it's interesting too, when we talk about mythological beasts or fantasy animals, Uh, One of the things DJ Conway said that I thought was so interesting is that dragons seem to exist in every culture on the planet. Yep.
0: Mm -hmm. And every culture on the planet has their own version of spirit animal or totem animal or power animal. It may be termed differently in that culture, but going back since the, since mankind began and we depended on animals for survival and we we gave them godlike status because they could do things humans couldn't possibly do. Um, it, it's a whole thing in our DNA, you know. If you ever there are a lot of people that are really into ancestral healing right now, mm-hmm. this is a better time than any in any, I think, in any time in history to really start getting in touch with the animal kingdom because through your ancestry okay, maybe maybe one of your ancestors did see a wallaby or was a, a sheep breeder or a, you know what I mean? I mean, who knows what kind of wisdom that could come through you through your ancestral line.
1: Oh my gosh. And that's perfect because we're doing ancestral work at StarCon as well, because Nancy Hendrickson will be with us.
0: Ooh, so cool.
1: Yes, I know. So cool. <laughs> we have such an amazing assembly of wise teachers, authors, deck designers. I'm so glad that you are amongst this number. Thank you. Now, would you just give us a little sneak peek about what your session will be at StarCon? Sure. So one of the things
0: that I teach is that um, what was downloaded into me and asked of me to teach, which I was like, oh boy, (laughs) this is going to put me right in the line of fire. All right, whatever you say, um, which is to show people how they can work with the term spirit, total power animals individually to, 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 kind of categorize them and put them in a, in a way that it's not confusing because over the years, what I've found is <clears throat> pardon me, those terms are so interchangeable depending on the, the culture that you're, you know, you're researching. It can get super confusing So we'll talk about, you know, briefly, because I'd like to have them, I'd like to have them have an experience um, that a spirit animal is the animal that comes to support you during your hour of need to offer support, guidance, healing, love, that kind of thing. And you can either, you know, call out to the animal kingdom for that consciously, or sometimes you'll be like, why do I keep seeing this animal everywhere? I'm hearing songs, I'm seeing figurines, somebody just mentioned it the other day that is when an animal, a spirit animal will come to you. When, you know, the animal kingdom knows you need help. You've asked for help, but you don't really know who you're asking. Your totem animal is who you are, which by the way, I was told by the animal kingdom starts with your Zodiac sign. I mean, why don't people see their Zodiac animal as a totem? And furthermore, even if you're a Gemini or you are a Virgo, I, humans are classified scientifically as animals. And so in as far as I am aware, humans can also be spirit animals. Then you've got Libra, which is the lady, the scales of justice, but it's the lady of justice again with a human, right? But everything else is animals. And that's whether you're in the Western system, the Chinese system, the Celtic system, the whatever system, right? So that's just another way to deep dive into who who you are, what you're all about, and help you better understand the world around you and how to maneuver with all of the other animals based on the, the, the true animal of that zodiac sign. But then you can also have other totems like I've always identified with bear ever since I was like old enough to ever see the first one. But then there's your power animal, which is the animal that you, I always say, well, I say that you step. Let me try to. I'm a bear. I I I don't. You know, human being human in a human world. Well, that's a that's a. You know, that's a conversation for another time because this is a kooky kooky place we live in. But I I can be a bear. I can be comfortable being a bear. So when I need a bear quality, I need to go inward. Um, I need to let somebody know. Listen, boundaries boundaries like a mama bear would. I step outside of the bear to be Bernadette, but I, I bring with me those energies of that bear and the symbolism and the characteristics of that bear. You with your birds, you know, we talked about, boy, you really, you've got a thing for birds with long beaks that can be indicative of a sword. Um, And, you know, that you've got this very shield maiden warrior goddess kind of energy about you. And I think that maybe people don't really get that about you. I mean, you're so kind and you're so sweet and you've got this diaphanous look, you know, with the hair, the whole Virgo-esque thing going on. But I, listen, I would not, I would not want to, I'm a triple Scorpio and I wouldn't want to buck up against you. Not because I'm afraid, but because I don't want to bring the thunder. I don't need that. I don't need that in my
1: life. You're not wrong, eh? You're not wrong. I am a Scorpio. Oh, well, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. And uh, so it's, it's, an, it's an interesting thing, right? So Okay, so the Scorpio is this insect, scorpion, right? Yeah. And birds, I, I do love to work with birds and, and all of that. That's absolutely true. But you know what other animal I really identify with? Frog. Makes total sense. That is frogs are one of the
0: most powerful shamanic animals because they're walkers in both worlds. They walk partially on the land and live partially in the water, but they start their life out in the water. And you now you're talking about the emotions and the depth and the, you know, all of that kind of thing. Um, And that's another thing about shamanism. I, you know, no, I'm not going to say that I'm a shamanic practitioner. I'm a straight up shaman. No, I am not wearing feathers and I am not wearing fur and I am not going to sleep in a yurt tonight. And you are not going to see me hiking up the trails of Peru. I'm not fit for that, but uh, it's too hot over there. But, um, but you know, shaman is just anybody that can go into an altered state of consciousness and work healing. It doesn't matter how you get there. And it doesn't really matter the label. Can you do it or can't you? Is it your life's calling? Is it what you're supposed to be doing? Who are your helpers? All of that. Um, and I see you is very shamanic. I mean, again, I don't know you very well, <clears throat> but I do follow you on Facebook. And um I I don't know that you think of yourself and you might and I just don't know this, but I don't think you think of yourself as a healer but I have the sense that through your readings, you're like me, you're like the smorgasbord of readings. You're like a buffet, right? Like, you know, <laughs> they'll get a little bit of past life stuff. They'll sure. get a little bit of emotional healing. They'll get a little bit of future telling. They'll get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And
1: okay. Sure.
0: Now, what that's else Shamanism, so
1: right. You no, know? I, I get it. And I, uh, I think that your session at StarCon is going to be very interesting because already I'm like, oh, I want more because, you know, when Frog called me, the day Frog called me was it was this really special day up in Connecticut. I was swimming in a pond and I was swimming. I was like totally submerged up to like my my nose. My mouth was underwater. My nose was not so I could breathe. And I found myself staring right at a frog that was doing exactly the same thing. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Right. Right. And in that moment I was like, Oh, and you are me and I am a frog and we are. And I really felt like I was in this space of communicating with the frog because you were, because I was right. And, you know, this was just, you know, this was the 80s. This was all very new agey. So we were all talking about the animal spirits around us. And there were a lot of bear and deer and fox. And I'm like frog and everyone's laughing at me. So <laughs> I, I appreciate being able to sort of claim the power of the frog and be good with that. And I think your workshop is going to be really helpful for people. I mean, interestingly, to know how to work with these animal allies around them, but as part of that, to know themselves. Well, exactly. And the whole, pardon me,
0: I, I have animals all around me all day all the I can times. tell. She's barking at my assistant like she's never seen her before hops. Come on, give her a rest. <laughs>
1: so um that is a really cute little dog I gotta say
0: (laughs) she's my twofer she's part chihuahua and part pot-bellied pig she's the fattest chihuahua you ever saw in your life but she's she's mine and I love her and I'm hers and I think she loves me she at least tolerates me but you know the thing about the animal kingdom is where where we can get really in our heads about you know I see this a lot in psychics and mediums you know well do you think I have the gift Mm. um I don't know that you're gifted. I know that you are naturally hardwired. Every living organism in this world is psychic. That's science. Mm. Trees are psychic. Plants are psychic. Read, read the secret life of plants from way back in the '70s and see the experiments, and you'll know, right? Um, and that's how animals communicate is telepathically. You never see a cat walk up to a dog and go, "Yo, Mac," you know. <laughs> it's not. It's not like that. And um, uh, you know, I have seen insane miracles happen. Like I quick, do I have time for a quick story? Ew. Okay, so I grew up here in Florida, and there isn't a waterway that I haven't been on a boat jumping in and out of I'm a Florida girl. Mm. Well, I have always seen manatees from the top of a boat, but for some bizarre reason, I've never been in the water with manatees. I don't know why that is. But earlier in the year, manatees said. You, that's it. You've got to do a video with us. I'm like, okay. So in the meantime, I was recovering from a pretty nasty health crash. And, um, I hadn't been cleared by my doctors to do any kind of physical activity whatsoever, but I was like, nope, somebody will save me and they're not going to let me drown. So I'm getting in the water. So I hauled a good friend of mine with me. She's the one that goes with me on all these, on all of these adventures And um, I hired a a charter and I I wanted to make sure I was the only one on the boat because if they did need to save me, I didn't want to ruin anybody else's. I got in a wetsuit and jumped in the water in Crystal River to see manatees because it was a manatee watching tour. However, for the few weeks before I went, I've been telepathically communicating with the manatees. And here's what I said, y'all, I just want one please just one come nuzzle your nose at me, please. I just, and I want video of it. I want a clear picture because it's so important that people see how gentle you all are and that you're not just big blobs, big baked potatoes, right? Okay, I hadn't been in that water two minutes and here come two of the biggest male manatees I've ever seen. I've got pictures on my website it's hilarious because I was going this way on the top. One of them dove under me. I'm like, oh my God, we're the Pisces. We're the Pisces fish, right? And then right after that, the the guide that I was with, she said, to your right, to your right. And I turned around to my right and here came this humongous female and she just came up to me and I just floated and breathed and she came right up to my mask she touched her nose with mine. She nuzzled a bit and then she, she nibbled my cheek. She nibbled here and I just stayed very quiet. And in my head, I heard, I like belly rubs. So I very gently moved to the side and I ran my hand up under her belly and she turned over like a dog. <laughs> and I just rubbed her belly for like 10 minutes and she just floated there. Well, the two guides had, ne- I mean, they've been doing this for like 10 years and I'm looking up at them and they're like looking at me And, and they were like, I'm so sorry. We have got to go. We've got to pick up a boatload of people. I didn't want to leave that. And it was January. It was 27 degrees in Florida. So as I'm going back to the boat, I feel nibble, nibble, nibble at my feet. And then she zoomed around in front of me. She was trying to block me from getting in the boat. She didn't want me to leave. So I had to belly rub her a little bit more. And then I had to very gently kind of Send her and tell her you okay, please don't don't put yourself in danger. This has been lovely. Believe me, I would love nothing more than to live in the water with you, but I gotta go. And she eventually tottered away. But if you've never seen a wallaby but want to see a wallaby, see a wallaby here, see a wallaby here, and then get to see a wallaby if you want. If you want to see a dragon, you know, see a dragon here. So I tell people, I really don't believe anything is like experiencing that animal in person. Um in a at the beginning of the year, I'm going to go to the Atlanta Aquarium where they let you get in the tank with the whale sharks and the giant mantas.
1: Oh, nice.
0: <laughs> and in a couple of weeks, I'm going to St. Augustine. They've got a Galapagos turtle and a sloth. And then a few weeks after that, I have a friend that has a sanctuary in Georgia. I'm going to hit her. Hit her, But I'm also going to hit the um, Sasquatch Museum on the way to Georgia. So I like to experience the animals firsthand. But then again, I grew up in the woods, so encountering wild animals is not anything new. Fortunately, I'm much smarter, but um, you, you, people can experience the, the animals spiritually, psychically, mentally, emotionally, without seeing them first. And I, I like to hit people to that. So that's what the class is going to be about. There you have it. I just taught the whole class. You can
1: just show the again. Sorry. We cannot wait. So when people want to know more about you, what website should they go to? Um, well, part
0: of, me, part of what I do is I'm an internet publisher. So I have a number of different websites, but you can always find me on YouTube under my spirit animal, YouTube, my spirit animal, or Bernadette King. Um, you can go to buildingbeautifulsouls.com. You can go to what is my spiritanimal.com. For those that are pagan Wiccan into witchcraft, I have um, witchcraftandwitches.com, which also has a very active forum. Because uh, that community was really tired of the banning and the shadow banning and the, all that on Facebook. So I, I was like, just please, let me start a forum for you. So that's handled by a couple of people that have really large uh, Witchy Poo Facebook pages uh, Tanya Poss, that has, I have a spell for that, um, Stephen Pugh, that has the Cauldron, and then Melanie Close, that has the Celtic Witch. I mean, combined, they have almost 2 million followers in those pages. They're on those forums. Um, on how at wildpackwisdom.com forward slash forums. I have my own forums where we talk about all things psychic and, you know, without fear of retribution and all that. So, anywhere. And you can also find me on Facebook, Bernadette Carter King. I'm pretty visible. <laughs>
1: yes, you are. And we are very happy that we're going to be seeing you face to face in person in Palm Beach Gardens at StarCon. I want to thank you so much, Bernadette King, for being my guest today on StarCast. We cannot wait to see you in January. Thank you for sharing the magic in the world of the animals with us here today.
0: Well, it's absolutely my honor and my pleasure, and I can't wait either. So it's going to be an amazingly magical time, and I hope everybody will come out in person. And if for some reason you can't come out to StarCon in person, do yourself a favor and sign up for the online. When you were explaining to me earlier how you guys are handling the online, I'm like, that's so forward thinking. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. It's going to be an amazing experience. So.
1: So before we go, could we ask you to pull a single card from the deck that you designed to give us some insight about StarCon 2022?
0: (laughs) Yes, I can.
1: (laughs) This is very
0: interesting. Two cards. You pulled two cards. Well, they slid out together. But if you notice, there are two animals in each card. So okay. one of the things, right. So one of the things that I teach people to do is sometimes it's about the animal and sometimes it's about the numerology. So the first thing that I'm looking at is 2 two, twenty-two, 22, which is an angelic number, which I know it's a master number in numerology, which tells me that the learning at this event, no matter what level somebody's out, like even if they're a beginner, the opportunity for education here is going to be no joke. It's going to be very high level. And when you take a look at this, this is from the mothers and babies portion, uh, Oracle portion of the deck. Mm-hmm. And this is from the friends, family, and lovers. And what that tells me is, um, cause I'm the first person to get, I, I have a little bit of social anxiety, uh, And so I'm the first person to get hinky in crowds, but for people who are like me, this tells me, oh my gosh, this is going to be an environment where everybody's going to be warm, going to be welcoming. You're going to make great friends and it's fierce, right? Because even when you're talking about ancient wisdom in modern times, that's what the Tyrannosaurus Rex is about. It, it's going to help you be more fierce. Like it's about the buzzword of you know, Oh girl, you fierce. Uh-huh. It's like that, not fierce. Like you're going to scare everybody. It's like that. But then when you take a look at mongoose, they're also fierce little creatures. I mean, have you ever seen yeah. what a mongoose yeah. can do to a cobra, but they're also sweet as they can be if you're not a cobra. So, so that just tells me it's, I, I don't even know that I can describe the power that's going to be there the empowerment that everyone's gonna be able to get for themselves but it's also going to be a lot about a very loving very welcoming very warm community and um do you have any angel people angel readers
1: or angel communicators that are going to be there we do i'm sure we do
0: okay because even if you don't I know by looking at this, I'm like, oh, okay. We've got master things happening and we've got angelic presences all over the place. And it's January 21, 22
1: and 23, 20, Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. That's right. (laughs) Okay. Well, that, that's why
0: I work with the animals. There you go. There you have it. So really whatever your dreams are for the convention, for you, for the people that are going, because I have to thank you, you know, you're thanking me about creating a magical deck. The opportunities that you create when you take on an undertaking, like having a whole convention, not just in person or online, A, you're a better person than I am (laughs) or crazier.
1: Yeah, that, that.
0: (laughs) Um, but B, that is that's straight up love for the craft of reading and divination and all of that. And for the people who are called to be in it and healing. And because there isn't, I mean, it's no joke trying to put in, if you're, even if you're trying to get a class of 25 people corralled, now you're talking about hundreds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're doing it. And uh, as I said, at the beginning, tickets are available starcon.com that's s-t-a-a-r-c-o-n.com uh come see us and uh come be with the animals with Bernadette King. thank you so much thank you so much you take really good care
0: thanks for joining us for starcast for more information about our annual conference visit us online at starcon.com that's s-t-a-a-r-c-o-n.com We are looking forward to seeing you in January.